This is The Naturalist. In every podcast episode, we're going to highlight the products, ideas, trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. You know, the, one of the first themes was ambition is scalable, right? And and it was about how can we help each other? So the, the ethos was there of connection. So, Jessica. Yeah. I have a question. You did, or tell me. I do. Okay, so you were just in New York to go to FounderMade, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, I really want to know, what was the best meal you had while you were in New York City? Oh, my gosh. So I know. I know it. It was this really great little Italian restaurant. It was across the street from my hotel. I was eyeing it. I love getting good Italian food when I'm on the East Coast. And so on my last night there, I was able to go to this restaurant, Taverna di Bacco, and it was just homemade pasta, the coziest environment, such a nice, the owner was so nice. He was walking around, he was popping into the kitchen, making the food, and it was just like that. It was such heartfelt, like soulful Italian food. It was absolutely authentic authentic and just a great experience so our co-worker um, Lisa she asked me she's heading to New York for uh, so a work trip and she said do you have any recommendations and I said oh oh do I <laughs> I will be giving her the full menu that I had there and you know what like the pasta was great everything was great they had broccoli which I love I do too and it was just so good and like tons of olive oil and garlic and just as my niece does. Mwah. So I was there for Founder Made. My first time with Founder Made, a really great show. We had a conversation with one of the founders of Founder Made here in a minute. Adrian, you you have to say her name because you're the lobster. So we talked to Michelle Finizio. I've been practicing. Uh, Michelle, she's great. We had such a great conversation. Talking a little bit about the mission, the vision of Founder Made, some of the highlights from this year's event that was in New York, also the home of that Italian restaurant. And she really had a lot of great insight, I thought, into what entrepreneurs and founders really are talking about now. What are their what are their needs? What are their pain points? What are the challenges? And also just a lot of exciting happenings to share. So this is a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Well, let's hear what Michelle had to say. But, um, so you're in Miami, Michelle? I am. I'm in literally, I'm right across from the Miami Heat Arena, which also means the building looks over to the beach and looks over all, you know, so I watch people jet ski from the window and I think to myself, oh, what kind of adventures can I draw up now? <laughs> Were you watching the uh, were you watching the games? Are you a basketball fan? And as a Florida native, it's hard to not be. We I as a 15-year-old and 16-year-old, you're a high schooler and some boyfriends take you on heat game dates, right? Like that's what you do. Yeah. So I grew up I grew up in the game. Am I a basketball expert? No, but am I an aficionado? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love. Oh my gosh, while we were laughing, we like, I'm such a basketball fan, huge Nuggets fan. So this was like a big deal. 
Denver's best kept secret, though, because Denver's actually really cool. And there's a lot of really cool stuff emerging. There was some something where I can't remember. It was like the Grateful Dead or some band reinvigorated a very cool space that looks cavernous and there's diving abilities. And they brought in like a Michelin star chef to reinvigorate this space. I can't remember what it's called. Are we talking Casa Bonita here? Because this did real Casa Bonita. Yes, it's South Park. I I just read about it. I said, oh my gosh. Okay, maybe when you come out, we can, because I've been, I, I mean, I used to go to Casa Bonita for like my seven, eight birthday. Like I used to go there with lots of all for birthdays when it was a dump and the worst food, but it's an institution and now it's being, you're right. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in Denver and our celeb attendance at the finals basketball games was not the same as Miami. So, well, the invitation's always here and the water is warm. So come, come as you please. There's a second bedroom right behind me, so. Oh, that's, uh, oh my gosh, I'll pick you up on that. So you're in Miami from New York, which is where I saw you for Founder Made, my first time at Founder Made. It was incredible. Loved it, uh, but would love for you to share, and we are all part of the same family now, uh, New Hope and Founder Made, all one big family. We got adopted which is really cool. So could you share, Adrian didn't get to, or was not at Founder Made with me. So would love for you to share a little bit about kind of the model and the vision behind it. We just want to hear how did, how did it all start? Oh my gosh, yes. It's been a journey as every story is. And it, it, it started with a dinner series that really the whole mission was bringing founders together to help each other. Think, think of it as show and tell. And it was a lot of product people, but it was everyone, right? It was editors, it was investors, but it was just community. And it, you know, the, one of the first themes was ambition is scalable, right? And, uh, and it was about how can we help each other? So the, the ethos was there of connection and community and product. And this is when there was a lot of conversation around the future of wellness and beauty and food. And so we started doing these, you know, dinners became a pitch competition. We partnered with Danny Lubetsky from Kind Bar. He was writing a book. We partnered with Well and Good, who was just beginning. And we put on our very first pitch competition and we thought maybe 40, 50 people would show up. And in fact, it was close to 400 people. And, you know, the team was ironing logos on gift bags. It was at the Gansaport Hotel. Um, and that's when we really knew there was something there. What was that? Michelle, what year was that in? In 2015. Wow, what a great what a great surprise, right? Like expecting 40 people and having 400. That's- yes. And then since then, we it evolved into, think of, I mean, my background's in pitch comp, uh, not in pitch, in accelerators, excuse me. And that whole accelerator ecosystem lends itself really well to how do we help entrepreneurs and how do we do it over, you know, a course of weeks or months, depending on the program. And then how do you round it out with a demo day? So then we we brought in these demo day types of events and it was invest, you know, brands pitching investors and other content leaders. We had tabletops 
there. And then over time it became, you know, we had all these investing in food, investing in beauty and investing in wellness. And we brought it all together to bring and create what is now the innovation show. Um, the innovation show is a part of an event series that is part of the founder made platform of today. And the founder made platform of today still holds that very same ethos and mission of helping entrepreneurs build. And we do it through networking, through education, through direct access to the right relationships. What are right relationships? It's retail, you know, how do we get, help you scale your distribution? How do we help you fundraise? How do we help you get media coverage, find your vendor partners or what happened? You know, maybe, maybe you're hiring talent. Uh, and we do it through our innovation shows, which are our trade shows. We do direct to consumer executive summits. We do dinners, we do one-on-one meetings, we do run online education. And this is where Jessica, I know you and I geek out because we have so much of a shared mission and shared kind of framework for how we see the world. Um, and for FounderMate, it's really about how do we create an intimate community that's very navigable, that feels very accessible uh, wherever you are in your journey. And I loved that. And I felt that when I was there, I attended both the direct to consumer summit as well um, as the innovation show. And when I first walked into um, the the direct to consumer summit, it was like a really nice, intimate environment. Someone on your team was like, oh, you're from Boulder. I just talked to someone from Boulder and come meet her. And then I knew her and it was amazing. And we chatted for a while, but it was like, that really nice, like one-on-one environment, a really intimate environment. And of course, I love seeing all the natural beauty brands because that's such an exciting space and really an area where you all highlight so much innovation. So those were just a couple of the many things, great speakers. I loved hearing from the entrepreneurs that you got on stage, but um, there's so much to take in and I could go on and on, but I'd love to hear from you what you thought the highlights of this, this year's event were. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. There's so many highlights. I always say that our, our events are so unique and special. Like when nobody knows what I'm talking about, when I say armpit facials happening or scalp cryotherapy, I mean, crazy things have happened at our show floor that are really fun, really experiential, very wellness, health and wellness forward. So you have a lot of the cutting edge kind of technologies or uh, products happening there. And you know, we really encourage brands to bring that to light. You had acupuncturists, you had sound healing on the floor. Uh, we've done, you know, silent discos in the past before. We, at this show, uh, we had Ayurvedic food being cooked right there on the floor. I mean, we had John Lawson. Which I consumed. Oh, good. And it was delicious. I just <laughs> consumed it again, by the way, since I, yeah divine it's a very dear friend of ours uh she's building an incredible brand and i i think whole foods might have been sitting there for i don't know an hour <laughs> you know <laughs> uh but it was incredible i mean there was so many wonderful brands that were there and then some of the more legendary brands also to me uh you know there was villa manila who i love his story he was part of the pitch competition I think he's going to do amazing things. He's filling a space within the kind of Filipino 
um, spice and sauce market. And, you know, there's that that community is so large and so underserved. So it was very cool to hear him present. He did an amazing job, um, but he also was one of our exhibitors on the show floor. So it's just a ton of energy all around from a speaker standpoint, hearing from Andy Dunn, he he brought his books to our show. Uh, he wrote a book called Burn Rate, and it's really about his rise. And then I don't want to call it his fall, but really his learning experience because he went through a tremendous amount of mental health issues. And just like he might have been sitting in on this session, but he was very honest and open and candid about what he went through and how he was arrested and and how he's worked through it and being able to have a safe space for founders to have these conversations. There is a tremendous amount of pressure. So I just loved that as a theme and, and a, you know, a space or a container to be able to have these types of conversations that oftentimes you don't feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. Yeah. No, his, um, his, his fireside chat was incredible, just like the rawness and authenticity of it. And I felt like that was a common theme, especially with just all of those entrepreneurs on stage of whether it be, you know, be really open and honest about mental health struggles and how that impacted their journeys or the challenges of retail and finding the right channel for your brand. There were just a lot of really authentic and, and valuable stories shared from the stage among founders. So I think that community of like founders supporting other founders is really cool and um, was definitely a highlight. Adrian, I, I know your ears perked up with the mention of Jake because we're such <laughs> fans. Yeah, he's he he wins all our prizes. He gets all the awards. <laughs> he's a prize winner, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he's he's a veteran he's, winner. Um, like, well, I always dust off the knuckles here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was kind of curious, Michelle, because um, you t- you've talked a few times about just the intimacy of the event, and and Jessica about you know these great stories that people could share and their their ability to really be authentic in such a, a great setting. Um, I'm sure you've grown, um, you know, as you continue to grow. Is keeping that intimacy really built into your your plan? Yes, we definitely always want intimacy to be happening, right? And I think there's different vehicles that serve different needs. There is an inherent value, as you all know, the best, right? There is a there is an incredible opportunity with volume, right? Like it's kind of like standing, I always say it's like standing in Times Square as a restaurateur. Inevitably, there's going to be, you know, a thousand feet walking in front of your storefront and somebody's going to walk in, right? Um, so there's that, there, it's just a completely different angle. Whereas having intimacy allows you to kind of breathe, have a little bit more focused conversations. And that's definitely very unique to us and how, you know, who we tried to be and who we continue to be and creating even more intimate forums. I mean, we hosted a retailer, private retailer event at Spring Studio during the show where we even took a subset of that and allowed a founder to share her story, her journey, but also her vision for retail and where the possibilities lie for at-home strep tests and a bunch, a number of other kind of innovations that she's working on. So, I mean, it's hard to beat that real connective tissue 
when you're in a higher volume setting sometimes because there can be a lot of noise. Um, so it, it's definitely something important and near and dear for us. I met, uh, that's so cool. And I met her, whoever, whatever her name was. I can't remember what her name was, but she was really cool because I thought there, I was like walking to her. Patty Post. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was talking to her for a long time because I was like, wow, this is amazing. Adrian, she did like, she had like the at-home strep test that she's working on, but then she had like these like breast milk tests. So it would like test the like nutrients in your breast milk. And then what else? She had all these at-home tests and like some of them were considered like OTC drought, like had to be like regulated by the FDA and others were outside of that and I was like oh my gosh this just sounds like such a cluster how are you doing this and she's like oh it's complicated it's it's a really cool company she is a powerhouse yes she's very smart and looks makes it look very easy it was like I told her I said one day there's going to be a Barbie made in your name totally I know she also she's beautiful blonde wearing a bright pink suit and you know shiny star and I was like, I know that what you're doing is not easy. And she's like, no, it is not. It's so hard. But there are lots of cool innovations like that. Um, like I said, I mean, I was I was really looking at a lot of like the natural beauty and wellness companies, lots of sexual health products, which Adrian and I just did our last episode or a recent episode of The Naturalist um, on that topic. So cool to see lots of innovations there. Were there any other like categories or types of companies that you were seeing more of this year? I thought, I mean, there was a couple in the, so speaking of activations, just taking a step back, we partnered with a couple different groups. Our goal this year has really been how do we align ourselves with leaders who are very passionate, who embody our ethos and bring them in the sandbox with us. Together is better together stronger. I mean, that's the real idea. And everyone has their superpower and unique strength. And so, you know, boiling that down into what this show was, we partnered with Dream Ventures and they curated a section of their portfolio leaders. And within that, there was a weighted teddy bear that is sold both to children and adults, kind of like the weighted blanket. Uh, there was another company called All Better Co. It was their little stickers that have insect repellent or mosquito repellent. So you don't have to put the chemicals right on your body, which I love seeing that. That was very cool. Um, there was We also partnered with the Naturally New York community. They did their own curation. There was a group called Pothos Beauty and they're a whole platform that is dedicated towards BIPOC leaders and founders. And if you would walk through their space, it was like a, it was like a greenhouse and art gallery in this space. It was very cool. So, it was, I mean, the, the combination of bringing communities together and really sharing was something that was a huge theme for us. Um, but in terms of some of these very cool products that stood out to me, definitely that sexual wellness stuff is always fun too. Yeah, yeah. It was cool how some of those partnerships did give like a really unique feel to parts of the the show floor, um, which I liked a lot. And some of those some of those products I didn't see and it's not really cool. I'm definitely intrigued by the like what is it like a patch? Like a it's a patch for um the like bug repellent. Yeah, it, that's the one all better co. It and it's funny, my 11 month 
niece was just completely attacked by mosquitoes. And we kept saying, I wish we had had this product, you know, earlier. She's so sensitive. And these mosquitoes, she was out there for less than a minute and just got eaten alive. It was so sad. And so meeting this woman, I mean, this is what it's all about. She's like, yeah, no doubt. Obviously, this is why I'm building this, right? Because it's hard to put bug spray on an infant, right? Who's going to do that? You just, I mean, it has its own Well, and they touch themselves and then they touch their face and their eyes and they're putting their hand to their mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So did you start out, because I'm sorry, did you start out with uh, personal care beauty and then you've gone into food space or did you start with all of these categories at the beginning? We actually started with all of that. That's a good question. Because there was, there's so much overlap, right? I mean, ingestibles, how do you define that? Is it wellness or is it food? Um, you know, Bobby Brown launched a book at our shows and it was, the premise was beauty from within, right? And so now you have beauty and food coming together and we just couldn't disconnect them from each other. And uh, we, you know, we, and so year one, we had future food, future wellness, future beauty, and that, you know, maintained itself just now under one roof. Very cool. I want to go. You have to come, Adrian. (laughs) I would love to. It sounds amazing. Um, When you're back from Madrid, we have a show October 19th at Barker Hangar in Santa Monica. It's so fun. You, you, there's food trucks happening, the energies through the roof. Uh, you see planes taking off in the distance outside the hangar. It's very cool. Very special. Oh, that sounds great. I'm in. Come. <laughs> so, Michelle, You're invited. In terms of like, as you look ahead to, you know, the October event and reflect on the event that you just had in New York, what are just some of the things in general in the founder community? You're so connected to that community. What are some of the things that you're seeing, the real needs of founders right now? What type of support and resources are they looking to you all for? And what conversations are they having? You know, it's funny that you ask because at the high mile high level, it's a lot of... It, Growth is growth, right? But what is, how do you subdivide growth into nuanced challenges? And so people still need to drive growth in a lot of traditional ways. How do I get into retail? I mean, now with the evolution of direct to consumer, how do I think about direct to consumer? But the subtopic under that, or how do I fundraise, right? The capital needs have always been there. And driving sales has always been there, but how, you know, what are some of the nuances? What does omni-channel mean in the rise of ad spend? What is social media in the rise of TikTok? What is TikTok when I think about R&D and product innovation and product roadmap and consumer engagement and how do I think about community building? and building a a base, an audience of kind of connective tissue that is already engaged when I come out to market. And how how does that all roll up? How does that roll up into, again, my fundraising strategy? And oh wait, a lot of the venture landscape that was here, you know, maybe five years ago and a lot of the bubble that I think, you know, we saw, that has shifted. Lairer 
first round capital. And these there's a number of funds that were traditionally tech investors that got involved in CPG because of the advent of direct consumer as a framework and model. And that moved has shifted. And you don't see the valuations, you don't see as many checks happening. And so another big conversation is fundraising and funding alternatives. You know, a lot of people still think about going down the path of traditional venture. There's a lot to really know and contemplate. It's very sexy, but it's there's a lot of implications that that means when it comes to what that means for your performance, what that means to, in terms of how, you know, how you pace the build of your company, what the long-term impact is. Do you want to be a lifelong builder of your business or do you want, you know, these, these are people who are looking for returns, obviously, and knowing the difference of who you truly are in your heart as the operator is something that, you know, has its own education and reflection. Uh, but outside of venture, knowing if you don't want to go down that path, what are the other options? Is it, do you want to look at Kickstarter? Do you know how that sits in your stack and your strategy? Do you want to look at tools like Kick Further or Dwight Funding or Assembled Brands or, you know, there's so many, right? And every one of them has its unique value prop and use case as to what's right, you know, what's right for that brand. Do you have more revenue and less inventory? Do you have more inventory and less revenue? Are, you know, do you, are both kind of firing on all cylinders and you're looking at international growth, all of that shapes who you're going to work with. And it, you know, I, I think of it almost like the wild world of American, the U.S. insurance business. You need, there's, it's a very entangled um, matrix and model in terms of kind of navigation. And so there's just always new education to be had and new players that are available to support so it's it's a lot of that conversation too. How do I think about it? Who do I talk to? Who's giving the best lending rate? Are they reliable? I mean, we saw Silicon Valley Bank and what happened there was its own kind of shockwave through the ecosystem. And, you know, how do we think about diversification of banking is a conversation as well, you know? Uh, just a handful of themes, right? But they all have entanglements because they're all part of the matrix of building and scaling and getting from, you know, point A to B to C to D, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, it's, it's so interesting, like what's happening in the funding space. And as you were talking about all the alternative models and really understanding what goes into that, but having a community of founders to talk about experiences, both unique experiences and shared ones to help map out what that can look like for other founders, I think is so powerful. And many of the themes that as you were talking about them being interconnected and this, you know, building a roadmap for your brand. That's a lot of what we talk about at business school that'll be happening at Expo East this year. We're really excited. Hopefully you and the team can be there too, because um, yeah, these topics are just so top of mind and providing the environment to really dig in and problem solve together. Um, you all did so well and, and we're excited to start on. I mean, building on that too, right? And the sense of intimacy and the sense of community, everything feels unique when you're alone as a founder. But what 
what is real is that pe- other people are experiencing something similar, if not the same. And you aren't alone. And there are people there that, you know, you can have open and candid conversations with. And, you know, like removing the veil of fear of like being judged for asking a dumb question, which there's no such thing as we know. But, um, you know, it, it comes down as, sip, as to simple things like that, right? How do we how do we enhance and drive and create the comfort and create the space and, and create that mood, right? How do we create that mood in the room where it's not uptight and people don't feel like they have to perform and hide and, you know, do all these crazy things to show up in the world in a unique way that they think is what's going to get them to, you know, what they need versus instead, you know, making it very accessible and allowing people to raise their hands and, uh, you know, driving these conversations. I mean, another, another theme too, how do you scale in a remote environment? Not everyone's back in office. There's a lot of people who are not. What does that mean for hiring? What does that mean for, you know, bringing on somebody new that ha- wasn't with you pre-pandemic? It's something that we relate to too, right? And how do you have that kind of transfer of knowledge, accountability, what does that mean? You know, there's so many kind of tactical breakdowns on that core theme alone, you know? I'm so glad we're recording this because I feel like I can I need to come back and listen to it and take notes. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you you two see it all. I mean, the, the sheer volume of people that come to Expo East, Expo West, I were so inspired by what you've built and the type of content and education and leadership. So, I mean, it, yeah, the feeling is very mutual. I'm excited to dive into all the content and podcasts that you guys have already put out there. No, thanks. Thanks, Michelle. And it's cool. It's cool to see how our ecosystems come together. And, you know, when I was talking to brands and meeting companies at Founder Bait, like just really that like very early stage brand, you know, it's so exciting, like companies like at the you know earliest stages of their business and talking to them and that's certainly a piece of the new hope ecosystem all the way up to those you know big cpgs that have multiple acquisitions in in healthy lifestyle and and natural organic food and beverage so it's really it, it was it's founder made a great way to you know really connect with that founder um, early stage audience. And then as you talk about the challenges, we see versions of these as they progress along their growth journey. And uh, it's always it's always interesting to hear other perspectives on the marketplace. So um, really, yeah, love listening to, to what you all are doing and putting together. Do you have any kind of like predictions for the future of the CPG industry? Like, we we love Adrian. When did we we have someone for a prediction the other day? He's like, I hate predictions. <laughs> like, oh, I guess we don't because we ask it every time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, no, it there's so there's so many interesting technology. Right, like we're in this time and place where everything is high speed. The barriers to entry are kind of zero, almost zero. Right, it's actually effort based versus access based at this point because everything's accessible and then now even more so with the advent of AI right I mean I know this is a big buzzword in conversation I I was on the phone with another 
a friend of mine who's been in this industry for a very long time, has been a sponsor of ours since the very beginning. He's been a colleague and friend and advisor, so to speak. We had this whole conversation around what are some of the big next themes? And where, I mean, going back to the conversation around venture funding, right? I mean, to give credit where credit's due, if you follow the venture dollars, that's usually a good indication of where the future is going just because there's a lot of possibility there. Uh, and the conversation we had was really around the the funding dollars that are flowing to AI and what does AI mean in the world of of CPG and how do we offset a lot of, I mean, going back to the conversation even around funding for these brands and, you know, the need for profitability, which we didn't get into, but there's just even increased demand for profitability if you are going to go out and fundraise. So what does that mean? You have to cut costs. Okay, how do we cut costs? Okay, how do we, you know, it, how do we do something for less? How do we do something for less? Maybe there is a role for AI. Is it my copywriter? Is it my marketer? Is it, you know, what can I, is, can I use AI to actually even create my whole brand identity and my whole website? I mean, we're in an interesting moment and path for what's possible in terms of the upstart costs. I mean, it's already very accessible. I only see it becoming even more accessible with, you know, with tools like chat GPT or there's a ton of others. I mean, that's just the one that everyone talks about and knows, but there's so many. I'm a BART user myself, but you know, what, it, what is it that you use? BARD. Oh, I have to check it out. What, what does it do? It's the same. It's like, Google's chat GPT up. So that's why we have a, oh, cool. we have a, a love hate relationship part. But yeah, really interesting. I mean, Adrian and I have been digging a lot into the use of AI on the like product formulation side of things, which is a very interesting aspect, but just all the, the nuts and bolts of, you know, starting a business and what role AI will play in that to, to help founders. And then just the idea, which I think is baked in there, trade-offs, right? Like when companies have to cut costs and be more efficient in what they do, especially these really young companies, like what are the trade-offs and where can, you know, AI or other tools be effective ways to ensure that they can still invest in the things that are most important to them, quality supply chains right. and certifications and the right retail partners. So definitely an right. interesting conversation. It's interesting, right? Like as I even listen to you, what comes to mind is how do you continue to diversify yourself if everyone's using the same technologies to offset their like, costs, right? And of course, AI... You can't replicate it. Each prompt has its unique output. So there's diversification in that in its own right, right? It's not that you're going to get the same language, same image, just that. I just get curious about it, right? I mean, how many permutations are available and how much, you know, what what does it do to the the human touch that, you know, is really special? There was a, a, a talk I listened to about the future of work. It was maybe a year or two ago. It was definitely during the pandemic. And the whole conversation was around what types of roles are going to be highest value. And it talked about, and also products, product services, et cetera. And it's all the EQ related efforts, right? Like e, AI could only you know, play into so much EQ 
but there's a level where it tapers off and that's where the human, you know, that persona exists. And so how do we then educate youth and put that into the curriculum to really focus on EQ related education and connected connectivity? I mean, I, I uniquely this just a personal note, less specific to the industry, but um, our family was really into Dale Carnegie and that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Toastmasters, which is a public speaking community. And, you know, and every, anything that kind of trickled, we listened to a lot of audio books in the car as a kid, as we did cross country road trips. And a lot of it really had to do with, you know, being able to have the humanity angle, right? And how do you connect and how do you emote and how do you be of service and how do you do all these things? And those are the things that, I, I mean, I don't know, I'd be hard pressed to see, say that those are the things that go away and don't, you know, prove and stand against the test of time. I would hate to see that part go because I think that's where humanity dies, right? Um, yeah, and it's, so, it's interesting yeah. in the industries that we work in too, the industry that we work in, it's like it, those are critical to just businesses and earning trust and you know keeping and maintaining trust. And also in this industry where it's about you know the CPG industry and the health and wellness, it's people's health. There's nothing more kind of emotional than that. And so to ensure that the humanity remains front and center, both in business models and in the actual outputs, the products that make their way into people's homes and that parents are giving their children like the soul and the humanity of it all is really important. So preserving that uh, feels really key while navigating the realistic and beneficial role that technology can play in our businesses. So quite the tension that exists right now. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, you touched on the role, what we functionally do. We fun- our function in the world is bringing humans together to build, right? And that's about building experiences where EQ and connection and humanity, that is like the most human business that we could possibly be in, right? And so the future is how do we define experiences and how do we continue to evolve human experiences in, you know, in a world where so much is being replaced, there's going to be more demand on what the experience is when it, in those moments where humans are together. I love that. I love that. I think that that's actually the perfect sentiment to end on and to carry us through. Um, Michelle, I'm going to try to say your last name right. Finizio. Is that right? Brava. Say brava. (laughs) Brava. (laughs) Michelle Finizio. Grazie mille. No, thank you so much. (laughs) Perfecto act. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. It was so great to talk to you and just to hear all about your your incredible ecosystem, company, business journey. It's, It's really inspiring and I can't wait to go. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. And uh, we can't wait to collaborate more and see all the great work that you continue to do come to life. So thank you. Vice versa. All right, ladies. It is time for the list. I am Sans, my partner in crime, Adrian Smith. 
because Adrian did not join me at Founder Made this year, but I know she will in the future. And for this segment of the list, I'm going to share some of the companies, well, the three companies that pitched during the Sweater Barn Burner and Founder Made pitch event. Okay, so what what does that mean? So Sweater Ventures is a venture capital company. They are actually out of Boulder, Colorado, so right here in our backyard in the New Hope Network backyard. And they partnered with Founder Made to host this pitch competition at the Founder Made event. And three really great companies participated. We now know who the winner is, but I'll save that for the end so that I can really build the suspense and anticipation. Hiker Kind. Now, I know this is not a natural products company, so that's a cool thing about Founder Made. They have companies in different sectors. They're all wellness related or wellness adjacent. So Hiker Kind is a women's outdoor apparel brand and a hiker community. Their pitch was awesome. And their whole goal is to create this sense of community among women who love the outdoors. So they've developed this really nice modern hiking brand and the clothing, definitely go check it out. It's just interesting, it's different. I'm from Boulder, so I know my hiking clothes, and I'm never really such a fan of the options that are out there, but Hiker Kind has come up with something that feels really fresh and uh, just kind of a unique take, and their whole, uh, another aspect of their mission is to really help women be their authentic selves. So, of course, we love that, and I thought they just brought that really nice authenticity to their pitch. And I also just want to know, you know, they're focused on sustainability and socially conscious practices. And I am seeing a lot more apparel companies exhibiting at Natural Products Expo. So there is this crossover between the apparel world and the natural products community. And so I'm excited to see Hikerkind and other companies involved more in what we do in the natural products industry. Next up is a company that is near and dear to our hearts. We have Phila Manila, no stranger to us here at New Hope. We are such fans of Phila Manila, always a winner in our book and actually a winner of many of our pitch competitions, Nexty Awards, all the things. Great to see them pitching at the Sweater Barn Burner event. And Phila Manila's whole mission is to celebrate the joy of Filipino family, culture, and and of course, the delicious cuisine. We are such fans of the company's sauces like pineapple rum, tangy peanut sauce and adobo. And my personal favorite of the products is their ube jam. It is so good. And Jake, the founder of Phila Manila, just brings so much energy and humor and charisma to his pitches and to everything that he does with the company. So love Phila Manila. Finally, we have a skincare company, a clean skincare company called Coop. And I met Coop when I was walking around Founder Made and the founder was there. I chatted with her. She was really interesting, engaging. And then I saw her up on stage pitching during this pitch event. So Coop is kind of built on these three ideas. The first is skinimalism. So making effective skincare products available to everyone and based on the belief that less is more. I know I am all about that these days. I don't know if I'm just getting lazier or what, or cheaper, I'm not sure what it is. 
but I like less in my skincare routine. So that's fewer ingredients in the products and fewer products that I actually need to be using. So it's a really streamlined skincare company. They are also built on a really powerful mission to end sex trafficking. The founder was actually a victim of sex trafficking, and she really puts this front and center in the mission and purpose of her company. And she is committed to putting a stop to this endemic that affects so many people across the country and the world. And she too roots her company in really being your authentic self and inspiring people to do that and express themselves in all different ways. One of the ways that she's supporting that is by featuring different independent artists on her company's packaging, which is really cool. Now, guess who is the winner? The winner was Hikerkind. Yay! So congratulations, Hikerkind. Adrian, I miss you. Want to be on The Naturalist? Send us an email at thenaturalist at newhope.com. 